Let's pray. God, we sing the words, we're free. We're free. Why? Because of what you have done for us through your son, Jesus. You, you sent your son to take the penalty we deserve, that you died in our place on the cross to cover our sin. Now we're free. God, I pray that as we respond to what you have done, as we read your word and even how we get to be part today, as we see in Romans 10, we get to be part of your message reaching the end of the world. God, we pray that this time would be used by your spirit. Before I start talking, I want to invite you to just talk to God for a moment. I don't know what might separate you from hearing from God right now. Maybe you need to confess something you've done wrong. Maybe you need to be honest with him about something that's frustrating you. Maybe he's not fixed something in your life and you're... Talk with God for a moment. And ask the Holy Spirit now to use this time, that, that this would not just be an exercise of just, okay, well, now's the time where we stop and we listen to a guy talk for a few minutes, but that the, the Lord would speak through his word by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we, we thank you, loving Father, on this Father's Day. Speak in Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to grab it. If you're online right now, if you're driving, don't look at it, but pretty much anywhere else, grab it. We're going to be in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. So today is Father's Day. It is also Juneteenth. Almost everyone knows why we celebrate Father's Day. Not everyone yet knows why we celebrate Juneteenth. And so I want to give you a little of the history behind Juneteenth. It's the newest federal holiday. It's one of now 11 federal holidays in the United States. Juneteenth today, June 19th, is when we celebrate the emancipation of slavery in the United States. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation came out January 1st, 1863. So, January 1st, why do we celebrate June 19th? Well, the Emancipation Proclamation came out during the Civil War. The U.S. government declared, put the words together, declared that all slaves were free. However, most of the slaves in the South were never told the good news that you've been freed. The Civil War continues, ends 1865 in May. So why do we celebrate June 19th? Well, the U.S. government decided we need to send people to take the good news that slavery has been abolished to the slaves in the South, and so they did. And one of those last places was Galveston, Texas. And on June 19th, General Granger came into Galveston, Texas. At that point in time, apparently some 250,000 slaves in Texas. 
were still living in slavery. He showed up in Texas and he got to read these words. There's a picture of the decree behind me. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Can you imagine getting to declare that news to those who had been living in slavery? Well, the next year, June 19th, rolls around again, and in Texas, it started actually in our area, in Texas, in churches, if you read the history, many churches started to celebrate June 19th. And then that spread through the South. There were celebrations in the South starting from that point on. It grew. And then a few years ago, the U.S. government said, we're going to celebrate freedom from slavery June 19th. Big deal. With me, again, I want, to, I want you to imagine what it must have been like to be General Granger. Major General Granger was sent from Washington to bring the good news to the slaves that you have been free. Freed. You're free. We just sang, free, free, forever. I won't, I won't. Why do I sing in this place? I'm sorry. I'm, I always end up singing at one point in my sermon. I can't sing. But yes, I make joyful noises to the Lord. Forever. To be able to tell people you're freed from, from slavery must have been an incredible responsibility and privilege. Why do I start here? Well, last week we read that Romans chapter 10 tells us that God has freed people from slavery to sin. In chapter 10, verse 9, a famous verse we read, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? The penalty of sin and the slavery in your life. If you read Romans chapter 6 and 7, the slavery in our lives to sin, you're free. Well, why is not everyone free? Why are there people still living in slavery? Verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be freed from slavery. Why is, why is there still people living in slavery? All right, if you have a Bible, stand up with me. Stand up with me. We start reading in verse 14. Fathers, there's something here for us today. Verse 14. How then will they call on him... In whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, 
Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Holy Spirit, again, we ask you right now, I pray that what I do right now would be truly say again what your word has already said. Inspire your teaching right now, your preaching for your glory. Help your people in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Before I jump in, we started a few weeks ago this. We're going to try it through the summer, find out if it's helpful, and we'll find out it's helpful based on how many of you jump in and listen. Uh, but we, we said, hey, we're walking through some interesting passages in Romans. In fact, some passages where people disagree around the sovereignty of God and salvation and how man is involved in salvation. And so we're going to invite you to ask questions as we preach. And so you can text the word question to our number 96123. Wait for it to respond. If you're online, you can do the same thing. Text the word question to 96123. And then you, once it sends you a text back, you can ask your question. And then we are taking a lot of those. I say a lot of those. We were only able to hit so far in our first few podcasts, four or five a week, and dive a little deeper into what the text is saying. And so if you have questions around what, what we're seeing in the text, we want to invite you to ask questions. And myself, Mark Presley, are going to jump into that together this week. Good? All right. Why are people still enslaved? If, if verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, why is everyone not saved yet? Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Well, that makes sense. I'm not going to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ if I don't believe that he was raised from the dead. Back to verse 9. How how are they to believe in him who they've never heard? Oh, there's people who've never heard? Never heard what? The good news that Jesus died on the cross to take our sin away and free us. How How are they to hear without someone Preaching, the word they're preaching is literally the word herald. It would be not necessarily what I'm doing right now in this moment at that point in time. This was like before the internet, before TV, before the newspapers. Someone would show up in town and would proclaim on the square news that the town needed to hear. Herald. How are they to hear without someone heralding like General Granger did in Galveston June 19th? 1865. How are they to herald, verse 15 now, how are they to herald unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. All right, now what Paul has done is he has has laid out another chain for us. We saw several weeks ago this We called it the golden chain, but in the sovereignty of God, what he does in the salvation process, we saw it in chapter 8 of Romans. Y'all might remember, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justifies. He, He declares us not guilty by the judge. Those whom he justifies, declares not guilty, he conforms to the image of his son. Those he conforms to the image of his son, he glorifies. Y'all remember, as we were walking through God's sovereignty and salvation, we've talked about this list because he talks a lot about this list, not just in chapter 8, but chapter 9, chapter 10, what God is doing in salvation. 
But he's just laid out another chain, not not what God is doing in his process to bring salvation in the world, but how we as people get to be part of it. And he works his way backwards. Did you see how he worked his way backwards? He said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call if they don't believe? How can they believe if they've never heard? How can they hear without someone preaching? How can they preach without someone sent? You all see that line? Okay. So, uh, uh, fathers here in the room. My, my great fear for you in life, dads, is not that you'll fail. Uh, my great fear for you in life is that you'll succeed at something that doesn't matter eternally. I do believe with all of my heart that God has called every Christian in this room to be part of his plan to save the world. And I don't know where you fall on that list for people, but we saw last week that the believe, call, save, you can look at, you can go back to listen to last week's talk if you missed it, they kind of all happen at the same time. We're justified, declared righteous by the judge when we believe and we declare Jesus is my Lord. We call on the name of the Lord. But if that hadn't happened for you, and Paul's talking in this passage about the people of Israel, so he's going to transition right now in just a second to talk. He's going to, he's going to say there's something that must happen in your life. You need to hear. You need to hear something. So I, I, don't, I don't know where you are, dads, but, but I, I want to invite you in, all of you in, to be part of God's plan to save the world. And may, Maybe you're not in at all yet. You don't believe. Let's see what he says about people who don't believe. We'll back up. We'll go back to those verses we were just in in, in a little bit. But go to verse 16 now. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. There's some people who haven't obeyed. What does it mean to obey the gospel? I had a guy who actually came, young adult in our church, last week, waited for me in the response room, and he said, what does it mean to obey the gospel? He had like skipped ahead, and I was like, I haven't really studied it yet, so I don't know. But as I studied it this week, you'll see verse 16 and then verse 21, what he's doing, he's putting in parentheses, he's obedience to the gospel, he's equating to believing the gospel. Say that they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, this is Isaiah 53, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Isaiah was called to preach the gospel to a people who would not hear, Isaiah was told. You can look at his call in Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It's so important if, if you don't believe that you hear. So did the people of Israel hear? Verse 18. By, but I ask, have, have they not heard? And did they have? And he, he's going to point to Psalms chapter 19, which that, that passage, it's just this beautiful passage where, where he says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display. Y'all remember that passage maybe? It's this general revelation of God that happens in creation. He says, their voice has gone out to all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. What is he saying? He's saying on some level the people of Israel have heard. 
Verse 19, but I asked, did Israel not understand? For Moses says, this is now Deuteronomy 32, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. What is he doing? He's pointing back to Moses saying, I'm going to make you envy the Gentiles because the Gentiles are going to hear this message, believe and be saved, and you're going to envy them. Paul will talk actually a lot about jealousy next week. Verse 20, then Isaiah is so bold as to say, this is verse, chapter 65, he'll quote verse 1 in this verse, verse 2 in the next verse. I've been found by those who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. A lot can be said about these words, but I want you to see some people struggle with the teaching of predestination election that Paul's just taught, and they think if there's a God like that, he must not love people who have not been saved. That is not what the Bible teaches. All day long, I've held out my hand. I'm I'm offering myself to you, God is saying. But your disobedient, again, equates to not believing and you're contrary. Your, your translation might say you're stubborn when you hear the gospel. If you're here today and you don't believe the good news of Jesus, my challenge to you is to hear the good news of Jesus. Back to verse 14, how are they to hear without someone preaching? I mean, this is something he emphasizes in the text. You skip ahead to verse 16. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Verse 17, faith comes. How do you believe? How do you, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I do think that there are many people here in the room that are not Christians. There are many who are joining us online who have not placed their faith in Christ. And you've heard the gospel before. Is there any part of you that is stubborn? This is out of love for you. That you are being disobedient Because there's some part of the gospel that you are pushing away. Dads, I think there are a lot of dads here in the room that you're trying really hard to to make a living, to, to pay for food for your family. That's really good and it's actually biblical. Paul talks about it. Dads, I think there are many of you here in the room that are that have paid for the best coach. That, that is offered in McKinney, Texas, which has some of the best on the planet to help your kid get better at sports. Uh, dads, I, th- I think there are many of you here in the room that are helping your kids do their homework so that they can, they can rock a test. But when it comes to Jesus, you're pushing him away and there's something about the gospel that you say, I, I just don't want to hear that. And I would, I would challenge you, the most loving thing that you can do for your children today is stop resisting 
the gospel. Well, how do you stop resisting? Well, it says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. So at, there's some level where you just need to turn your ears on. Maybe you have on some, you showed up at church. You're, you're, I'm like preaching to the choir. I get that. Okay. What does it look like for you to say, okay, God, I'm not going to push back. I'm going to open my heart. Here, here's again the gospel in a nutshell. There's a new king. The king came. He took on himself the sin of the world. He died in your place But he didn't stay dead. He overcame the grave. What we place our faith in is not just some feelings. We place our faith in facts that have happened. There's names. There's dates. There's times. There's there's historic events that our faith is based on. That new king, he overcame the grave. And all of his 500 people at once saw him alive. They were ready to die for the fact that they believed he was the son of God. And I want to invite you to listen to it. Open your heart to it. And if you'll repent, believe, and follow him, he'll free you. And through you, he'll bring freedom into your home. Are you hearing? I'm going to skip now to sending. I'll come back to preaching because I think preaching is the main point here. And again, it's not just what I'm doing right now. He says, how are people to bring the news to those that need to hear? Verse 15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? If you're a follower of Jesus, you get to be part of this chain still in two ways. You've already believed, you've already called on the name, you've already been saved. Why? Because you heard the gospel and you responded. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you still get to be part of something much bigger than yourself by sending and preaching. What does it mean to send? Well, we, when we talk about sending in our church, we, we use these words, pray, give, go. Go is really the, the preaching, so we'll get to that in a second. Pray, give. Many of you in our church are part of praying every week through our prayer list. And you know on our prayer list, we have a lot of people that are sick, but we also have a lot of people that we support in missions. And when you pray for our missionaries, you are part of sending We had teams in South Texas this last week that were short-term teams, Justin and Holly, and Holly also, Holly Love and Holly Hornsby were part of the trip. I texted Justin last night. I said, do you see God working? He said, I see God working, yes. And then he told me a story of them getting to be yesterday. This is just yesterday. Been there for a while. They've done a lot of different things. Y'all can show some of the pictures of the trip as I talk through them right now. He said, just yesterday they got to be part of providing food for families in this colonia for more than a month over 500 people providing food. And they're with every person sharing the good news of Jesus. They're declaring the message that people need to hear. We have a team that's also right now with 25 Project. And they right now have gone to be part of helping kids in significant need in Sierra Leone. We have a team that's in Hungary right now, our, our mission's pastor Ryan is part of that team had reached out to Ryan last week and I said hey we're going to talk about hearing sending going anything you'd want the church to know and he said he said Sam this is his words text let them know that if, if they are praying and giving to our church you got to be part this last year of sending 
people to share the good news in East Asia and in West Asia. East Europe and West Europe. I said Europe weird. South America and in North America. As we planted churches, West Africa, East Africa, South Africa, you got to be part of that. Why do we do that? Because we get to be part. Washington, D.C. realized we need to send someone to share with the people in Galveston, Texas, they're free. How much more should we, who have been freed, realize we need to send? All right, all good. I think the main point, though, I haven't even touched on. So here we go. This is how we will land. Fathers, watch what he says. Verse 14 again. How are they to hear without someone preaching, heralding, or maybe a a word that's more consistent with our current time? It would be like making an announcement. How are they to hear without someone making an announcement? How are they to make an announcement unless they are sent? As it is written, he's quoting Isaiah again here, this is chapter 52. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach. That preach is a different word, it's euangelion. If you've grown up in the church, maybe you've heard it. This literally is the person who would have shown up in their community to say, there's a new king, there's a new kingdom, the battle has been won, we have a new ruler, this changes everyone, everything, and everyone. The euangelion, there's the feet of those who show up to declare this new kingdom, declare the good news the good news how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news now th- this passage this passage it, it, uh, that he's quoting from is talking about in Isaiah a group of people that were able to come and show up and say hey we're, we're no longer having to live in exile we can go back to the promised land that's really good news I mean, General Granger showed up and said, hey, you're not slaves anymore. That's really good news. But both of those things are referring to just things that are physical in this life here and now. We get to declare the good news that you can be free forever, starting now. That's what we get to do. How beautiful, it says, are the feet a few weeks ago during Mission McKinney, I showed up and we actually talked about this passage and then we prayed together with the team. 140 of you helped us bring the good news into McKinney. 17 people now heard the gospel and said yes. But I took a picture of that sign and I didn't even realize what I was doing until after taking a picture and we had just talked about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And what are, what's that? Feet. Now if you want to zoom in on those toes... Uh, no offense, youth, there are no good-looking feet. I, I, I don't know, my, my feet even, 
you, you know when you look at your, your you, you feel like everyone else's body is weird compared to the way your hands look? Have y'all noticed that? My hands are normal, everyone else's are weird, right? <laughs> My toes are weird. I'm just saying. There's nothing, what, what, what is he saying? Uh, fathers, I think there are many, many in this room, and, and I'll, I'll, not, I won't point a finger at y'all, I'll point a finger at me. I think there are so often I get way too worried about working on things that would make me look better that don't really matter. I I work out. I know that surprises y'all. I mean, it's like. (laughs) Fathers, you want, do you want, do you want to be, you're probably not going to use the word beautiful. Do you want to be handsome? Do you, do you want the world? Now, the world may not understand. Do you want for eternity to have a beauty? What does that look like? How beautiful are the feet, he says, of those who bring the good news. It's a quote from Andy Stanley that I think about often. Your greatest accomplishment may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Dads, I I considered actually saying time out and not having a sermon out of Romans for Father's Day. I thought about that. And I thought, hey, well, let, let's look at what's going on in the world, dads, and let's, let's talk about, hey, how, how can we fix this for our kids? Let, let's, let's do a topical talk on violence, pornography, racism, political hate, brokenness in marriage, and let's give you bullet points on things that you can do to help. Do you know what's needed most? Jesus is needed most. Do you know what's most needed, even if your family is Christian? Do you know what's most needed in my home? Jesus. That's right. And for me, when I show up in my home to have beautiful feet, that what's, you know what's going to change the United States? Jesus. That's right. What would it look like for you dads? I, 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 reading parent books are great. I almost suggested a few today, but I'm going to give you a different kind of suggestion on parenting books. What would it look like for you to be living, listening to the good news and to be looking for opportunities to share the good news in your home? Hey, uh, I'm not great at it. Uh, I've got family in the room right now that know that. But one of the things that was helpful for me and taught to me is there are resources out there. I'm going to show you a few of them. Actually, we bought a bunch of them, and they all sold out after the first service except for a few copies of a book that we've pointed people to before. So I'm going to point you to a few. This is a Rhyme Bible storybook. If you've got little kids, my kids loved this book, and they still love this book. My, my seven-year-old will still go back to this book sometime as her preference. The Jesus Storybook Bible, we still have copies of that in the home center if you want to go and pick one up. I think they're $10. I don't think you can get them much cheaper on Amazon, if cheaper at all. 
The, uh, the current favorites in our house right now are Louis Giglio's two books, Indescribable and How Great is Our God. They connect Bible verses to what's science, and you see the glory of God and creation, and then prompts you to respond to that. Great resources. Maybe your kids are beyond that. Uh, maybe your kids are past that age. I don't know. I, don't, I still kind of like it, frankly, myself. <laughs> I, uh, I still use Jesus Storybook Bible for sermon prep. I'm sorry, yes. But maybe it's time for you to start getting them in the actual word of God. Uh, we have a dad here who's in the room right now that shared with me a few weeks ago what he does with his family is he does our Bible reading plan in the morning. He journals around our Bible reading plan, which information on there to help you do that. He listens to God. He does SOS, God, what are you saying to me? How am I going to obey in response to that? And then at dinner, what he does is he gives them, this is what I call giving your family fresh bread. He says, hey, I want to share with you what God challenged me with this morning. And he does that at dinner with his family. That's cool. He's got beautiful feet. Now, dads, I recognize this is, this, I mean, it's not easy. I feel like that you're like, wow, I'm glad I came on Father's Day. My family knows all of my mess. But I know, I know, I know the greatest thing I can bring into my home is the good news of Jesus Christ. Same for you. I know my family doesn't like it when I preach <laughs> to them in the home. But I can bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And good, news, good news needs a newscaster. You can be that in your home. We can be that in our city, in our neighborhood. We can be that around the world. Show you a picture again here of General Granger. What must it have been like? On Juneteenth, 1865, to, sh to say to slaves, you're free. We get to do that. There's a new king. The battle's been won. He died on the cross. He overcame the grave. If you repent, believe, and follow him, you're free. We have in the room right now one of the families that we have gotten to send and I've asked if they would share with us, Taylor family, come up front. This is how we're going to close. I actually, I didn't share this first hour, I got to know Carrie working at Pine Cove. We served together at camp together. And then when I came to this church, got to know both of them and their heart for Christ and this is a couple that we have the privilege of being part of sending to Zambia. And so, hey, Matt, how are you, sir? So I'm going to start with asking, why, why did you go? So, why did we go? Um, simply stated, we were called. And um, we didn't choose him. He chose us. And he chose us for a specific calling, uh, appointed us to a specific mission. Yeah. And only by the grace of God were we able to respond to that um, through faith. Uh, ironically enough, um, just before uh, leaving Zambia, uh, I had a very in-depth conversation with a Zambian friend um, that I had met in Lusaka. 
Um, and he uh, was debating whether the Lord was calling him and his wife to the mission field. Mm. Um, so he had a lot of really good questions. And one of the first questions that he asked um, was, what made you feel um, like uh, taking this step of faith in your life? Um, and the first thing that came to my mind was, um, you know, if it, was, if it had to do with a feeling, then we probably wouldn't have made it this far. Mm. Um, because uh, feelings um, sometimes um, can be directed um, against us. Uh, Alistair Begg, I think, says it uh, best. Uh, He says, faith is nothing more, nothing less um, than trusting in the promises and character of God to the point that you act, whether you feel like it or not. he seemed very convicted at that point and continued questioning uh, me and really wanted to know, it's like, well, what kind of signs did you see? I mean, how did you, how did you know that this was truly God's will for you? And I said, we had to put it through the fire. Um, and he looked kind of puzzled. And I said, if the spirit is really pushing you uh, to move towards something that seems countercultural, Um, It seems risky, uh, uncomfortable, maybe even a little dangerous, um, then you're off to a very good start. Um, Because uh, sometimes feelings stop us there. It's a little uncomfortable. I don't think I want to move any further. Um, But if scripture affirms what you're feeling in your heart um, and know to be true in your mind, and if you have God-centered people Um, that are truly asking you and encouraging you to be bold for the gospel, um, then I say, take a lesson from Nike and just do it. Uh Because there's a lot of reasons not to do it. Um, And two of those reasons that Carrie and I um, have struggled with uh, in the past uh, comes down to safety uh, and comfort. Mm. Um, It's our human nature to move away from discomfort and to move towards a place of safety. Um, But ironically, uh, the Bible teaches and promises suffering. Um, In 2 Timothy 3.12 and John 16.33, not only does it promise suffering, uh, but there is purpose to it. Uh, Romans chapters 5 and 8 go through that pretty clearly. And I think it's summed up uh, really nicely by uh, one of my heroes, Sabrina Wormbrandt. Uh, she was the husband to the founder of the, uh, I'm sorry, wife. <laughs> sorry, she was the wife to the founder of the Voice of Martyrs. And she said, doing the work of Christ is dangerous, but not doing the work of Christ is even more dangerous. That's right. Um, the second is comfort. And I truly believe that one of the devil's um, biggest weapons Uh, especially towards believers, is complacency. Mm -hmm. Um, He wants to put us um, in a status similar to what we find in Revelations 3.16, and that is being lukewarm. Um, He doesn't want us to get on fire. He doesn't want us to get too hot, because he knows if we get hot, um, then it will spread like wildfire. He wants to keep us in a bubble uh, so that it doesn't spread out. Mm. So. Um, And contrary to Satan's um, weapon, we have God's weapon. 
Um, and so God's weapon that he has given all believers is to preach the gospel. Mm. Um, and so we do it because we have the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Um, and so I took a class um, here that First McKinney offered um, called Perspectives. And it just, it rattled my heart um, with grief that there is such a need, um, particularly in the 1040 window, but you can look at the Joshua Project if you want to look up what the 1040 window is, but just particularly for the lost. Um, and it just really grieved my heart. And um, so just laid that before the throne and God just continued to stir um, us as a family and we just laid it before him. And, um, and obviously here we are as uh, missionaries in, the, in, in Zambia. So, um, but we all have a calling and it doesn't matter what, if you're a believer, um, you have a calling and it's um, to, to pray and to support um, and to send um, or to go. Um, and so just lay that before the Lord. Um, mm. and be obedient. Yeah. Wow. Thank you all for being obedient. Thank you for letting us be part of mm. your sending team. Okay. You're back right now. Mm -hmm. uh, share why. Here's the question. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I struggled in the first hour. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> we had a tragic death in the family which brought our family home. I'm sorry. Matt's brother tragically passed away um, a couple weeks ago, and it's been really hard um, on our family. So I'm sorry. I didn't realize I would struggle this much. But the purpose of the question um, is just to see why we're home, because a lot of people, it was a very, very fast coming home. But um, the mission is if you're a believer, you're always on mission. Um, we're not anything special. We're just broken people doing what God's called us to do. Um, it has nothing to do with where you are geographically. It's what you do with your life. And out of the obedience and the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks of the goodness and the joy that God's given you. Um, and so I think, again, just us being nothing special. Um, it's just doing what God's calling you to do praying, sending, um, and the importance of that is, y'all, it, it matters. The gospel matters. Um, and so we came home to be Jesus um, to Matt's family. Um, and so whether that was loving them, um, serving them, um, it just meant being present for them in a way that was powerful. So, sorry. I know it's family. And I'm so sorry for your loss. We're going to pray for Matt's family here in a minute. Uh, I know your story, even in your own home, has been a, a progression of, of you bringing the gospel to your family. So share with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I would have to say that during the first few years of our marriage, um, my wife was a spiritual leader in our home. Um, and... One thing that Christ really spoke to me uh, wa and seeing in her face every day was the grace. Um, I praise her uh, because uh, she was so faithful to the Lord um, and to our marriage um, that she stood by and stuck with um, everything that was going on through all the suffering um, that was a direct result of my disobedience. And it was only by 
God's grace uh, that I was able um, to walk away from myself um, and pit Christ first. Hmm. And to that, I would just say um, we all have a story. Um, every one of you has a story. And if you have the power of Jesus in you, you are called to tell that story. And it is the cross. Um, so God just used the transformation of us to tell. So, so do you. That's right. Matt, uh, that's awesome. You, you want to challenge the dads here in the room? Uh, yeah. Um, I had to write this one down um, whenever I answered this question to my wife. Um, after I was done, she said, write it down, read it, because you're a blubbering mess. Um, fathers, you are the most and greatest influence for Christ in your home. Be a Colossians 3.17 father, representing Christ in everything we say and everything we do. Jesus was intentional in everything he said and did because he knew who was listening and he knew who was watching. Little ears hear everything you say and little eyes are watching everything you do. Not just on Sunday, not just at the weekly Bible study or prayer meeting, not just at church camp or at the dinner time prayer or even the family devotional, but every waking minute of every hour of every day. If I, to, if I could pinpoint just one thing that has helped me over the past year is when I didn't feel like reading the word or praying, I did it more. When it felt like the world was suffocating me, I said, less world, more Jesus. While I confess that I've been very fearful in the biggest things such as my girl's safety and even in the smallest thing is their education and taking them to Africa, there is really only one meaningful message to teach our kids, and that is the gospel. Malin and Everly, I'm so proud of you guys for sticking with us day in and day out as we serve the people in Zambia. I wish I had more time to tell of their many adventures proclaiming the good news to the kids of the compound, to the people of Africa, both in the Congo and Zambia. But I will have to leave you with just this charge to action. And some of you dads may know about the chicken squad on the Disney Channel. It's time to take charge, chicken charge. First, I'm going to mimic um, what Sam said. Tell your kids Bible stories every day. For faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word. Mm. Secondly, Pray with your kids multiple times a day, mm. not just at night before bedtime, not just before meals, but pray with them at Walmart when they're throwing a temper tantrum. Pray with them in the middle of the field or center court when they miss that winning shot. Pray with them when they are frightened, when you've lost all control and desperately trying to find it again. This will communicate to them your dependence on God. And lastly, and probably most importantly, share your daily testimonies. Mm. Whether it be joys or thanksgivings, struggles or even your failures, show them how to live out Christ in your daily walk. I feel most connected with my daughters when I share with them my toughest defeats and my deepest failures. 
because I know it gives them an opportunity to pray for me, and I desperately need it. Reach out a hand this way. Oh, before I, I'm landing right now, we're going to get to go. If you have a question, if you need someone to pray with you, if you're online right now, you can text the word TALK to 96123. Again, TALK to 96123. Out the door to my right, your left. I'll be in the Next Steps room. With the, I'm Welcome Center in the Next Steps room. We'd love to talk with you. And then Dad, Pop. We've got popcorn with Pops outside with pictures if you all want to celebrate with Dad. Let's pray. Reach out a hand. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for Matt's family right now. God, I pray for your presence to be felt and the hope of the gospel to be believed so that they can grieve with hope right now. Thank you that we get to have the privilege of being part of sending them as a church family Pray that you would continue to guide them, place them in conversations and relationships that are going to lead people to hear the good news of Jesus and believe it. And God, we pray as they do this together that you would grow them together, that they would be more and more like Jesus, that they would learn more and more what it looks like to live in love like Jesus and lead others to do the same. Bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious unto them. Lift up your countenance on them and give them peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go love your neighbors. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live in love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.